cycle that went on for 300 years, very sad history for the Israelites, was because they forgot God, right? Was the forgetting God when life became good, when there was plenty to eat, plenty to do, plenty to, uh, uh, you, know, uh, you know, be comfortable and easy life, right? They start to forget God, which God was the one who first blessed them anyway. And I told you guys that last week as an example of that, I, I shared a kind of sad news that my son and my, my, my wife who are in Korea right now, that when I was video chatting my son, it seemed like he forgot me, you know, and I was like, ah, this is how God must feel every time we forget about him. Uh, but I bring you good news. I mean, because my son right now has better food, more, more family, more food, uh, more uh, uh, friends. You know, Korea has uh, free childcare uh, until like four or something. So he's having a blast, you know. But he, he has no time to remember me, right? Anyways, but I bring you good news that he didn't forget me. As you can see here, he recognized me. And I was able to screenshot the moments that he uh, recognize me. You know, in fact, the last picture there is him throwing goodbye kisses. If uh, Lydia can show that video in just loop as I'm talking here in the back. Uh, this is him uh, sending a kiss to me. So he obviously recognizes, oh, this guy that I kind of remember is important in my life, right? So I was really, really thankful. Um, yeah, so cute, you know. I was... But it's on and off, right? It wasn't constantly like this. So I'll, I'll go to the next slide. Um, there are times that he, you know, he kind of like was happy and then he was sad. He's like, oh, daddy, I want daddy. And he was trying to grab the phone. But you know, when he realized I wasn't there, he got kind of like, this is how he deals with his frustration. Uh, he, he, you know, he, um, this is how he does this. Uh, hold on, where am I in here? Oh, yeah, disappointments. Whenever he kind of puts himself in this self-imposed timeout, like uh, when he you know, has emotions or things that he cannot want, like he either go to the floor or, or, or a wall like that, and he has a timeout, a moment to think about his emotions, like talking to himself higher. I know, but it's so funny, you know, I think he's going to be a really deep scholar later in life, you know. But I share with that because, you know, it's interesting that he remembering me, forgetting me, being happy I'm there, he sees me, and then sad I'm not there. It's like up and down. You know, it doesn't matter, like, what he, uh, uh, how he uh, remembers me or not. For me, it doesn't matter because even the smallest sign of affection that he gives, it, it matters all the world to me, right? Even if he forgets me, even if he doesn't recognize or appreciate me for who I am, I, as a parent, will love him no matter what, right? And I think that's the same way that God does with us. Even though we forget him, even though we do not acknowledge him sometimes, he is madly in love with you. And just, uh, just you guys being here this morning, just your little churning of heart, just your little paying of attention, just your little faith that you have, it moves God so much, right? So to turn to the person next to you and say to them, uh, God thinks I am cute, really, really cute. Turn to your neighbor and say this to them. God thinks I'm really cute. I am really, really cute. It's so true. Never forget that. Never forget God's everlasting, unchanging love for you. And, and so that's kind of been my journey of understanding that, like my son, many times that's exactly how we are with God. We are on with him. We're off with him. We forget him. We get distracted. Even in the video, like, actually, he was happy, and then, like, he took his toy, and, and I was just, he just forgot about me. He was, like, playing with his bunny. But sometimes, even though we're like that, I want you to know that God's deep pleasure and love for you is constant. He never forgets you, right? And so that's why it is such a good opportunity we have every day to seek him again and to turn our heart to him. 
And I said that story because today in the book of Ruth, as we're going through the entire Bible, we finally get to kind of take a break from all the war stories and all the battles and disobedience, punishment of God, and just this history of, you know, not the most pretty things in Israel. We get to stop today and go to the book of Ruth. It's a story of love. It's a beautiful story. In fact, I think if you read it, it's only four chapters. If, if you haven't read the Bible so far this week, at least read Ruth, okay? And just read it very slowly. Just four chapters. You could do it in like, uh, you know, 10 minutes. So let me share with you the story of Book of Ruth today. The name Ruth means friendship, and it's so fitting that her name means this, and we'll see why. As we read today's story about Ruth, there was a famine in the land of Israel. And here we have a, a man, Israel named man, uh, Israel, uh, Israel's man named Elimelech and her wife, Naomi. Uh, and so these Israelites, they were, you know, just happy. They're living in Israel. You know, they know, uh, they know the story and everything. But there was a famine in the land, so they were looking, where can we go to survive? Because the famine's difficult. It could be life or death. So they went to a land, a country called Moab, uh, just across the uh, river of Jordan. And uh, so they go there, they move there, and they say, hopefully here we can survive, right? And they go there with their two sons, Mahalon and Kilion. So father Elimelech, mother Naomi, two sons, right? And as they're there, sadly, what happens is uh, as they're living in Moab, the husband dies. So Naomi's husband, so I don't know, doesn't say what reason, uh, could be disease or old age or whatever, passes away first, and now the mom is left with two sons, and so as they're living there, they, the sons end up marrying Moabite women, right? Because there was no Israelite people there. And uh, after they uh, married, uh, they married, uh, Mahalo made Orpah and then Kilian made Ruth. And after about 10 years has passed, something, another tragic thing happens. Not only has the husband died, but both sons die. Very rare, right? I mean, like one member of the family passing, maybe understandable, but husband and only two sons die. So literally, Naomi is just lost. She's just in the limbo. No one is around her. The whole family is back in Israel. And so they decide that, you know, Naomi's like, oh my gosh, I've lost everything. And they decide, let's go back to Israel because they heard news that God was providing again, miraculously for his people. So Naomi decides to move back to Israel, and then Naomi says this to the two daughters-in-law, this foreigner. She says to her daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness, as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. So she blesses them and says goodbye. And... But then it says here, but they wept aloud and they said to her, we'll go back with you to your people. Because not only did they personally experience sadness, somebody that they looked up to and became a family for 10 years, she's widowed and she's, uh, how do you say, when your children die, that's not orphan, but, you know, she lost her children. So they had compassion towards her and says, I'll go back with you. But then Naomi's like, no. My daughters, it is more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand has turned against me. She tries to convince them, no, don't come with me, right? I have nothing to offer you, right? I I, I don't have any more children. I'm too old to get married again and to give you sons. Our relationship, there's no more obligation. You're free to go. You know, in this situation, um, if you were one of the two sisters, what would you have done, right? 
surely, maybe if you were one of the two daughters, maybe you start thinking, you know, it's kind of suspicious, uh, this woman that we really don't know, our, the people of Moab really were different, and this lady, maybe something's wrong with her. Maybe she's cursed. Right? How come her husband and her two sons die? Maybe the God that she talks about, the God of Israel, Isaac and uh, Abraham, Isaac and J- Jacob, maybe, maybe it's fake. Maybe the God that we're so you know, uh, amazed by about the Israelites, maybe he is weak. Right? Maybe he couldn't help people who suffer like her. Also, if you were the daughters and you had a choice right now to go with Naomi back to Israel or go home back to where you're comfortable, you have a life, everything is set up for you, when you had that decision, going to Israel is not an easy decision because the historical relationship between Moab and Israel were enemies. Deuteronomy 23, back hundreds of years ago uh, with Moses' time, it says, No Ammonite or Moabite or any of their descendants may enter the assembly of the Lord, not even in the 10th generation. And God told Moses' generation to not seek friendship or treaty with them. So as a Moabite woman walking into Israel, you're walking in there as an enemy, right? So would that be something you choose to do? So obviously, going to Israel would be a serious downgrading of your life because it had no benefits for you, right? And also, going to Israel as a widow and a foreigner even meant that you can be physically harmed by the Israel people in that land and mistreated, right? And also, think about the longer you stay with Naomi, the longer you're going to be reminded of your past, of the suffering that you had to go through. So what would you do? What did the sisters do? Here's what happened. At this, they wept aloud again. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Ruth decides to stay, and Orpah decides. She calculates, and she says, I'm going home. Ruth had the option, the freedom, and even the permission and the blessing to go and choose a better life for herself without Naomi, but she chooses to honor her previous vow that she made when she became a daughter-in-law and she was made one with that family. She chooses to act in compassion and in love, not calculating what's beneficial for me, but she thinks about Naomi's state. Naomi had lost everything, right? She was willing to love a woman that, that literally has no guarantee, nothing to Um, No promise or guarantee that things will get better, but she chooses to go with her. In the situation of Naomi, not only did she lose her husband and two, two sons, but even financially, everything she had was put into the land that they bought. But in that time... In that, in that society, you would think if your husband dies, you know, as a wife, you would just keep all the property. No. The only way property and things passed down was through your children, right? But even the sons died. So literally everything Naomi had just went out the window, disappeared. So as you follow her, you're following a poor uh, woman that's possibly, you know, God has left her, right? But what was it about Ruth that decided, no, I'm still going to love and I'm still going to follow and keep my vow and be faithful. This is a state that uh, Naomi was when she returned to Israel and people were surprised. Hey, you came back. And then she came back empty-handed. She says, don't call me Naomi. She told them, call me Mara because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. The word Naomi means pleasant, but she's saying, call me Mara, which means bitter. 
I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. Would, this, would such a lady be in this situation, be the kind of person you want to choose to go with for the rest of your life? So when Ruth again tries to convince uh, Ruth that stays, says, look, your sister-in-law Orpah is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But this is what's amazing about how Ruth decides to cling to Naomi. With no guarantee, again, of safeguard for her own good, but above all, she put the interests of Naomi, and for the sake of love, she chooses to go with her. And this is what she says. Ruth replied, Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. Your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I'll be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. She was willing to die. She wasn't just saying, you know what? You know what, Naomi? I'll go with you until you get home and you're taken care of, and then I'll go back home. And it wasn't like, I'll go with you if things turn out better, you know, or make a contract and say, you know, I'll, I'll still take 50% of whatever. She says, no, wherever you are, whatever situation you are, as long as you're alive, I'm going to bind myself to you. Friends, if there is any description of what love looks like, this is the definition, right? A love that says no condition, no compromise, no backing out. I think if there is a most beautiful idea of what love is, this is it in the Bible. And this story exemplifies it. Because it wasn't just the choice, but it was the kind of intensity, the passion of the choice. What we see here in this picture is what Jesus described as the greatest love. He said, no man has a greater love than one that lays his life down for another. And literally, Ruth, for no apparent guarantee that she's going to be blessed, she said, I'm going to love you. I'm going to pour my love, life on you. Very amazing, very powerful passage that we see here. You know, her sister Oprah, you know, probably realized on her way back home, she was like, oh, I made the good choice, right? Because she was remembering, oh, yeah, oh, my gosh, I have friends, I have a family, I have a home, I have a job to get back to. And she thought she made the right calculated decision, but Ruth's choice, Ruth choice was better, as we'll see later, because her choice was made for love and was not made for conditions and self-benefit. Little did Ruth know that this choice that she made, this radical choice that she made, changed everything for her, and in fact, it changed the world. And we'll see why. In the case of the two sisters, what happens in their family is this. Look what happens. Orpah, later, she becomes a, uh, uh, some, I think it was the grandma, the great-grandmother of who? Goliath. <laughs> Goliath. Her, her decision to return to Moab somehow ended up being that one of her children became, uh, even her whole, whole heritage became the arch enemy against the people of God. And guess what? Ruth, she became the, the great-grandmother of David, King David himself. So later, it, you know, David kills his cousin. So Goliath, it was like a distant cousin, whatever. Friends, when, what's important about this, in fact, the reason why Ruth was written was to show that Ruth was the mother of, I mean, the great-grandmother of King David, right? Because King David's a big deal, right? He's actually, I realized, more important than even Moses was. King David really finalized the promise of God, right? And through and, and Jesus is honored to be called the son of David. So Ruth, this Moabite woman who has no inheritance, all of a sudden becomes honored as the great-grandmother of the most 
important man in the history of Israel. So we have to wonder, how come this foreign woman named Ruth gets honored? How come God sets the book apart with her name, focusing her? What is God trying to teach us? What is God trying to help us to see in the story of Ruth? If there is any one story in the Bible that you can point to, if someone asks you, give me an example of what salvation is like, this would be the story. Because what Ruth did did in the way that she relentlessly and she unconditionally gave love and submission is how we today are able to experience our own change of destiny from being a a, a slave to sin and no longer a slave to sin, but now a child of God. She made a decision, but that decision based on love changed her life and changed history. And just like that, you and I, when we make the same decision before God to say, God, I love you and I'm going to lay down my life for you, your life is changed. Not only your life, your descendants and everyone around you. Eventually, what happens is after she makes that decision to go to, uh, back to Israel with no plan, with no guarantee, with no hope, except that her commitment is I'm going to love Naomi they, they soon, uh, by the leading of God, she runs into a man named Boaz, who is a relative of Naomi. And legally, he had the right uh, to redeem everything that uh, Naomi had lost, including through Ruth. If Ruth hadn't come with Naomi, Naomi would still be homeless, would still be uh, inheritance-less, would have no family. But because Ruth came and because she was the uh, uh, daughter-in-law of Naomi, she was able to be given to Boaz, who was not only the one who, to marry her, but she was able to redeem all the land and everything that she lost in Moab. He was able to purchase it and bring it back. And now we know the story that through Boaz and through Ruth, David comes, and then later on, Jesus Christ came. How important that one decision was, that it brought King David and Jesus to us. We got to thank Ruth for making the decision because it impacted us. It changed even our lives. The greater picture on this story is that Boaz here is like Jesus. He represents Jesus to us, the one who is able to redeem all of your losses. I don't care how bitter your life has been, right? When you meet this man, Boaz, he is able to redeem everything you've lost and to give you a new life. That's what Boaz did, right? So he represents Jesus. What does Naomi represent? Naomi represents the people of God, the people we've been walking through and seeing in the Old Testament, the people who suffered to keep the law, the people who were faithful and had to be disciplined by God through many, many, many generations so that they could bring Jesus and King David through Jesus for us. Ruth represents you and I who have a choice right now. We have a choice to say, nah, I don't want this. I don't want, I don't want this, Jesus. I just want to go back to my comfortable life. I just want to live my life however I feel like. We have that choice. Just like Naomi said, you can live however you want. You're not forced to come this way. But just like Ruth, we have a decision to make today to say, you know what? It does not make sense. I don't know what the cost is going to be, but I am going to choose love. I'm going to lay down my life to join your family, your faith. As, as, as Ruth said to Naomi, your God will be my God. In that moment, she says, I'm going to lay down my life to follow you and to be part of your family. There is an invitation that all of us, like Ruth, have to make, a choice that we have to make. 
But what's amazing about this story is not just the choice that Ruth made uh, in choosing to be faithful to her faith and love towards Naomi, but it's the, the attitude, it's the intensity of the love that she had, right? It wasn't, again, just this like halfway kind of saying, yeah, I love you, Naomi, uh, but I'll go with you for 10 years. I'll go with you if you can promise I'll have a nice home, right? I'll go with you if uh, you stay healthy and then, you know, you can, you can help me out or you can help me meet another cousin of yours, another child, even another kid, whatever. No, Ruth's decision was what is required of us today when it comes to God. When we come before God, we cannot say, you know what, God, you're really great, uh, but these are the conditions, right? God, you're great, but you know what, God, I'm going to try these other ways of living, right? Then I'm going to maybe accept your Bible if it makes sense to me, right? But no, just like Ruth, she becomes highlighted because of her full dependence without compromise and without a backdoor, without an escape plan in her mind. Friends, this intense love that Ruth shows is what's needed for us today if we want to live in the salvation and the blessing of God. Again, when that simple decision was made, God already had a plan to redeem and to bless and to give Ruth the best life and even the best uh, history and influence that she could ever imagine. And it's the same thing for us. For us, the way we came to know Jesus was a moment of decision, right? It was a simple moment. In that moment, you might have forgotten, but there was a moment when you said, Lord, I give you my life. And God said, that's enough. You are in the kingdom of God. I give you my full righteousness, my full blessing. However, for us to finish that salvation, it's going to require that same intensity of love every day in our lives. Friends, this intensity here again, I want to read it again, what Ruth said to uh, Naomi, she said, don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. All of your reasons and all of your uh, 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 circumstances, they're good. But where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I'll be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. When I read this passage again, I realized, aha, this is how I know I am living the life with Jesus or not. How do I know if I am living in the faith of God is this passion has to be the same commitment in my heart right now. Ask yourselves in your heart today, can you say these words before God? If you cannot, you have not been living with God. You have not been following. And I'm afraid, just like Orpah, there will be many reasons for you to stop. There will be many reasonable things, many good options for you to say, you know what, I'm not going to go further. But if this kind of word and commitment is alive in your heart, you're on the right path. We are on the right path. So I believe today in this story, we get, to, we get, we get a moment, an opportunity to say, which one am I today? Am I Orpah or am I Ruth? Do I want to produce you know, things that are against God or do I want my life to bring salvation, not just to my family, but to all the families in the world? But the key is here in these words. This is the kind of love that you and I need if you want to truly be saved. This is, I, I don't think there is another way for us to ever approach God. There is no other way that we can live with God void of this kind of heart. 
It's only God's mercy that even though we've forgotten this kind of desire that God still was faithful to us, but there will come a time that a choice will be given, a bitterness, a situation like Naomi faced that will be given to you where you can say, you know what, I'm going to go the Orpah's way. I think something's better that, than what God has to offer. But I pray that you will be like Ruth who says, on my dead body, I am not leaving you, Jesus. I am giving everything that I am to you. So friends, today as we have the praise team come forward, we have an opportunity today to receive God's love again, to, to remember that you've been invited to a love relationship, a love relationship that's not just something that you can say, I can go halfway, but it's something that the Lord says, it's all of my life for all of your life. And I want to I encourage you today that when we have that decision, the Lord is able to do wonders in our lives, just like he was able to redeem everything Ruth and Naomi lost, and she was able to bring the greatest blessing for the world. I pray that that will be your inheritance, not like Orpah's story in this case. Let's pray together. So, Father, we just want to take a moment and put ourselves in the story of Ruth. Lord, there's a reason why you highlighted it and why it became such an important thing that through Ruth, Lord God, we have King David. We have the lineage of faith continue, and Jesus Christ was born in this lineage. There's a reason why, Lord, you're saying pay attention to what Ruth said. More, more importantly, pay attention to the kind of intensity of love that she had. I pray that today, God, as you're reminding of who you are and what you've done, that we would forego of any reason, we'll forego any compromise of any, Lord God, uh, deviation, and we'll make the right choice today. That these words that Ruth said, that where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die. I pray that that will be our confession. And Lord, just like Boaz, Lord, would you show us an inheritance? Would you show us a way to live? Just another, uh, uh, the kingdom of God, Lord, the fullness of the kingdom of God. Let it manifest in our families. Change our story, Lord God, as we make this decision again in our lives. Before we read the communion, we're going to sing the song, How He Loves. And we'll come back and have the communion.